Hey, before we get into today's interview with photographer Celeste Sloman, I uh, just want to tell you guys about a new thing I've been doing every Friday um, from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern. I'm doing an open call-in show on Zoom. Um, so anybody who wants to call in and talk about photography or anything, um, you can just go to my Instagram page, at Alex Garnier Photo. Or the photo banter Instagram page as well at the photo banter, and I'll have the Zoom link in my bio. Um, so, like I said, every Friday from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern time, um, feel free to call in and talk about photography. It's been a good time. Um, every week, different photographers calling in, and uh, yeah, I look forward to talking to you guys. Uh, this Friday is actually my birthday, um, so feel free to call in. Should be a good time. And like I said, you can just go to my Instagram page. And you can click the Zoom link, and I'll be right there. And with, without further ado, we'll get into the Celeste Sloman interview. Thank you. Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne. And on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Celeste Sloman. Celeste has worked with clients such as the New York Times, National Geographic, Time Magazine, and the Wall Street Journal, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Celeste about her early days of photography, photographing for her college's newspaper, The Saint, at St. Andrews University in Scotland. I also speak to Celeste about her experience interning for legendary photographer Mary Ellen Mark, as well as some of her early photographic influences. In this interview, I also speak to Celeste about her approach to portraiture, as well as some of her recent personal projects that she's been working on. Celeste was recently named one of the 30 new and emerging photographers to watch, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with her. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. Well, I now welcome on Celeste Sloman. Uh, Celeste, uh, how you doing? It's been a crazy year. I've been asking everybody, but how you hanging in there? Oh, man, it has definitely been a crazy year. But all things considered, I think I'm really fortunate right now. I'm really grateful. Um, I'm here. I'm trying to be positive. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, I was actually just looking on Nat Geo's Instagram before this interview, and they posted one of your pictures. And I think, I guess you were out on Block Island, I think, I don't know, sometime this summer, but during COVID-19. Um, what, what was that kind of whole project about? Yeah, I actually just saw that picture be posted, like, really right now. And I was like, oh, my God, wow, how exciting. Um, so actually, Block Island, I grew up going out there. My dad bought a property out there. Um, way back in the day before it became a trendy place to be yep so i've spent like most summers of my life out there and i photograph people family members people that live out there people that um, work there in the summer so I, i'm always like constantly inspired out there and always shooting so yeah that photo i took this summer so is that like an assignment for nat Geo, or is it this kind of personal work that you kind of like uh pitch to them or something um, so actually, Nat Geo, I did a project with them this year about women's suffrage, which is, was really exciting. Um, and since then, I've somehow, I don't know exactly what it is, but I'm allowed to upload photos into a Nat Geo portal and then they, um, called Curolate, I guess, and then they kind of put it out on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so it's always exciting when they post my work because <laughs> it's yeah, beyond exciting. No, that's awesome. And I didn't realize because I, I live in Massachusetts and I've gone out and photographed in Block Island only one time. I, I went out there for an assignment to uh, shoot the, uh, the every year. I'm sure, you know, 
during the holidays they make a christmas tree out of lobster traps it's like right when you get off the boat and, and they made me go out there and it was like december so it was like literally nobody out there um it was pretty interesting but yeah i didn't i didn't even realize from reading the photo on nat geo they, they don't even have a hospital on block island which i found pretty amazing yeah, so that was really crazy because during, um, I'm born and raised in New York and I'm based in Brooklyn, yep. but I was gonna go and quarantine out there, but then I felt really iffy about it because, you know, there's no hospital, you know, and then for that reason, my, my parents couldn't go out either because my dad is a little bit older and it was just, it was, it was a lot to consider. Yeah, no doubt. And like for you being that you, a lot of your, primarily your work is portraiture based, like, have you kind of have to adjust the way you approach portraiture um, with COVID-19 or is there any kind of things you've had to switch up just in the way you kind of approach portraiture and everything, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely been an adjustment. I mean, we've had to, I've had to change a lot of things, but it, on the most part, it's, it's been pretty straightforward. It's a lot of, you know, social distancing, obviously um, shooting a lot outside. Yeah distance I've been shooting a little bit inside the main thing is just like crew sizes less like yeah. you know usually I would go I mean it all depends on the shoot because I do a whole range of different things with portraiture but yeah. you know I used to go in with like one or two assistants and a digital tech for some shoots and for most of this year I've um I've been shooting just on by myself or maybe with one assistant sometimes yeah, no, it's almost good. It's like, it, it kind of shows you, you don't, I mean, it's great to have all those e extra things on shoots for sure, but it shows you you don't need a lot as a photographer. You can just make shit happen yourself pretty much. Totally. And it, and it can be fun because, you know, instead of having these shoots where it's like, oh, like, you know, come to my Midtown office and shoot there. It's like, oh, come out to like the Hamptons where I'm like quarantining and like <laughs> shoot outside in my yard. And then you actually get to like, have a more like genuine experience yeah it totally doesn't feel rushed you're you're just kind of yeah exactly that's that's always the dream because i mean i'm sure with a lot of your shoots like because you're shooting celebrities and like politicians and stuff like a lot of times you probably don't get a lot of time right yeah i mean depending on the shoot but yeah a lot of the time it's pretty quick <laughs> yeah no doubt and i guess to go back i was you kind of mentioned it i guess like where do you kind of grow up and like how do you kind of initially kind of get into photography so I grew up in the East Village um, in Manhattan and uh, my parents are artists and my dad is actually a photographer. So I grew up around photography. So it's always been something that I've loved and connected with. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what, kind of, what kind of stuff does your dad shoot? So very, very different from what I do. Um, he did very technical like um, work with like large format like he would shoot eight by ten he's very old school he did some portraiture but a lot of like what like um still still life but with art objects yeah yeah it was very very technical lighting for like art books and stuff like that so but it was amazing because I grew up like with like an eight by 10 camera, just, you know, always around and like the Hasselblad I have is my dad's and like wow. you know it was never like I had to you know, ask my family like, oh, I want to be a photographer. Is that something? It was always just like, no, that's probably what you're going to do. Wow. That, that is awesome. Like to, to have the support of your family to pursue your, your artistic and creative endeavors. Cause you know, like some people don't have that. So it must have been, a it must be a pretty cool environment to like, 
kind of learned from photography from your dad yeah I mean it it's yeah it was definitely something that's really special and I'm glad that we share that and what what kind of stuff were you photographing when you kind of first picked up a camera do you kind of remember the first camera you were shooting with um it was probably like um a Nikon f2 or something like that like just one of my dad's old yeah like classic. classic Yeah, like, I mean, I started, I started in high school and um, I photographed my brother a ton, which I still do. And I'm sure you see his face like all over my website and Instagram. I yeah. love photographing him. He was on National Geographic last week. Yeah, I saw that. You, it, <laughs> you said it was like your favorite portrait ever. It was like him. I think he was like sitting at a desk or something. There's like a portrait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that, that picture is actually where I grew up because we, we grew up in this very kind of like bohemian art studio in the village and. So that picture is actually really interesting because it was uh, it was taken and all the pictures in the background have like elements of like, you know, baby pictures of our family, like friends of my parents, like artists and like, so it was like a very layered image. Um, but I started off photographing him and then I guess also just kind of street photography or just like, you know, very much like photo school 101, like high school stuff, which yeah. I don't even know what that would be. I don't <laughs> remember any of those pictures. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And like, did you end up like going to, did you end up studying photography after high school or you just kind of, just kind of teach yourself pretty much? Um, I went to school in Scotland actually for college and I studied art history which I think is kind of adjacent but I didn't they didn't have a photography program there but I still was like the photo editor and like chief photographer of like the student newspaper in Scotland. Um, me the, and my saint, friend the, the saint right? Yeah the saint how do you know that? I do my research. <laughs> oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Yeah, uh, shout out to the saint for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that was amazing because it was just like me and my friend Jake were just running the whole show and just kind of taking photos and staying engaged with photography, but it wasn't actually a program. And what kind of drew you out to go to school in Scotland? Like, had you been there before or what kind of made you kind of decide to go to St. Andrews, I guess? Um, I guess it was like, you know, I grew up in the city. I knew that, you know, I'm such a New Yorker. Um, I knew I was probably going to end up here and I kind of wanted to travel and like see more of Europe, see more of the world and like take photos kind of in that way. So I think that um, I, I knew a friend, I had a friend from my high school who had gone to St. Andrews and I think she was posting all these images of her like traveling around Europe and like in castles and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, that looks like fun. Let me look at that. Yeah. No, it seems amazing. I mean, one of my favorite photographers of all time, Albert Watson uh, yeah, is from exactly. Scotland, yeah, amazing yeah. photographer. And like when you're going to school there, you're going for art history. Did you kind of already have it in your mind that you wanted to shoot like professionally, like as like an editorial and the stuff you're doing now? Or did that kind of come to you later, I guess? I think it came to me kind of slowly. I feel like when I was in college, it was like, you'd see the New York Times, you'd see all these publications that I wanted to work for and be like, I want to do this, but like, how do I get there? Like, what is the path? And I, the path wasn't clear at the time, especially because I wasn't around, you know, if you don't go to art school, you're not around people that are like doing the thing or like have connections. And so it was really not until like, after I graduated that I was like really thrown into it. That's cool. And like, 
to, to go back to the saint like what kind of stuff were you guys for I, I actually worked at my college uh it wasn't a newspaper it was like a magazine it came out weekly and i loved it I, it for right? me it, i because i i didn't understand why some students didn't want to be a part of it because it was like free assignments like we'd get to go photograph like the the dean of like the of the college or this like random stories and it was just like so fun um but what kind of stuff were you guys like photographing for the saint i guess um well there was one cover that i remember that was like because so will and kate like prince william and kate middleton went to st andrews and they met there and i think that when i was there there was like i think they got engaged or they got married i'm not totally sure i'm, I'm forgetting yeah um, and they came up to st andrews to like do some sort of tour and then there was like this press big like press pit there and like it was me and like all these like photographers from like literally all over the world had come up to St. Andrews with these like, massive lenses. And I was just like the little like student <laughs> photographer and like, I like muscled my way forward and like got this photo of them like walking out, like, and, and it was, you know, so that was the cover, but I mean, we would just photograph like a lot of portraiture. I'm trying to think of what we do. I mean, there was not that much going on in terms of breaking news. No, nah, it's fun. I always just kind of interested in that student stuff. Life. Student yeah. life is interesting there. Oh, definitely. And like, did you kind of have any photographers like you kind of looked up to early on? Like, did you kind of have any like early influences or like photographers you kind of really admired or anything? Um, I mean, I guess like I always grew up with like the classics, like Avedon and Irving Penn and Annie Leibovitz. I mean, all the classics. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's since definitely like branched out a lot um totally and I, I know you ended up going to intern for mary ellen mark uh legendary photographer um what was that experience like because she's just like i said this such a legend of the game yeah i mean so she was i was gonna just mention her as well um she was definitely my favorite um i was always obsessed with her work and then when i moved back to the city i was kind of lost because i was like i don't know what to do now like how do i like begin this like journey I guess yeah and so I was like looking at Mary Ellen I went into an art bookstore and I was like looking at one of Mary Ellen's books and I was like you know what I'm just gonna like write her a letter like old school style and so I just wrote a letter and then I was not expecting anything and then um, Meredith her stu uh, studio manager reached out and basically like I think interviewed me and I, I interned for Mary Ellen's studio for about six months and that was really, really beyond special. What what kind of stuff did they have you handle? And like, what kind of stuff was she working on at that point when you were interning there? So it was maybe a year before she passed away. So she wasn't very active. Yep. But she was still, actually, I'll retract that. She was pretty active, I would say. Um, we She had a whole bunch of interns and we would, um, and some of them are still good friends of mine. We're in touch. Um, and we would do a lot of archival work, work in the studio organization. Um, a, lot of, a lot of work having to do with her archive, but then we would also do a lot of research for workshops she was doing. She was very active with like her Halloween workshop, which we got to participate in. And she would do like portfolio reviews and she would look at our work and she would, she was still working on 
project with Tiny, so she was traveling to the wow. West Coast. And then we got to be on some shoots, like I think she had one advertising shoot that I was would kind of, was kind of assisting on or just being a helping hand. Another, she would still do some shoots in her studio and that was amazing because we got to like see her using, what is that camera, the big, like large Oh, the, yeah, oh like the 20 by 24. Yeah. Right? Yeah, things yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I got to see that, which was incredible. And then through that, I met a lot of like amazing people as well. What do you, what do you think you kind of admire most about her work and like, what do you kind of take away most from getting an intern for her for six months, I guess? Um, I think she was such an independent woman and she really got everything herself. And she would sometimes just like say, she would just say something and you'd be like really blown away by it. But she was, you know, she got to the studio in, in Soho that, I mean, she got before Soho was Soho. Yeah. But she was still like, you know, I bought this place on my own and I did this on my own. And she's had such a strong work ethic and presence in a room. And, you know, she really stuck to her, her values and what she believed in and, she, you know, she always shot film. She wouldn't go to digital. She was very, I mean, stubborn, but like in the best way possible. And I feel like I definitely want to channel all of Mary Ellen, basically. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, as you know, like when you're trying to make a living doing this, you can easily get pulled in a lot of directions to like, because to make money, it's tough. So it's like, it's like sometimes, I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but it's like, oh, do I need to start doing this so I can get this type of work or this type of assignment but yeah like with her it's like so pure like she really just photographed the stuff she liked and it wasn't like she wasn't doing anything that wasn't out of what she enjoyed pretty much yeah totally and I mean she really really stood her ground in that respect and so I feel like that's something that we can all strive for yeah definitely and uh you know, like you said, once you kind of get to New York and you're trying to get your name out there, like what, what were kind of some of the first things you were doing to try to like market your work? And did it kind of feel like a daunting task, like starting out being like, no, you're just kind of no one knows your work yet. So like, what do you kind of remember about those early days of trying to get your portfolio out there, I guess? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was definitely a challenge. Um, I think it was a lot of doing my own personal work a lot of interning. Um, I think my, the, the best thing for me was, I, mean, I was very persistent at the time and was just like kind of knocking on a lot of doors and like kept knocking on doors until people would respond. And I think for me, the biggest first, not first break, but thing that happened was the Village Voice. And like, you know, I grew up in the, in the village. So that was like my home newspaper and obviously it's so iconic. And I like got an internship with them somehow. And I wasn't very good at like office things. You know, I'm not really an office nine to five kind of person, Yeah. but you know, I would go and shoot like everything that they needed for them. And so I remember like, I would just shoot like their dining guide. I would shoot like anything they needed, like random things. And I was just really, really like persistent and would just like try to always be present and you know do whatever I could do and then they started giving me like letting me actually shoot like assignments yeah and then 
there were a lot of moving parts and like art directors moving around and my photo editor, who's Diaz, like he really was one of the first people that like really believed in me and like, like uh, he let me shoot like a cover. Wow. And so I shot like a few covers for The Voice and this, I must've been like 20, like 19 or 20. But like for me, that was such a big deal because it not only did it mean a lot to me because it was like this newspaper that I'd idolized since I was a kid. Yeah. But it was just like, yeah, it was, it was a lot of a lot of different feelings. But that kind of like launched me being able to like go to other editors and be like, look, I shot this cover. Like, look, I shot this assignment. And then it's just like this long process of kind of like proving your legitimacy, I guess. No, definitely. And uh, I think you also, I was looking on your website, you would, you attended the Eddie Adams workshop, which is like a, a legendary workshop. I was just kind of curious, like what, what was your kind of experience going there? Was it like a beneficial experience for you? Yeah, totally. I've actually, I was actually there twice. Um, so the first time I went as a student and that was, oh Lord, <laughs> two years ago, three years ago? <laughs> yeah. Well, two years ago. Yeah years ago <laughs> time flies time flies time flies also this year doesn't count so yeah seriously you know what I mean? <laughs> um no I went as a student it was it was very interesting especially because I kind of straddle the line between like sometimes I do photojournalism work and some and mostly I do portraiture but I do some photojournalism work and that workshop is very much geared towards like straight up photojournalism yeah but I thought it was really interesting to see First of all, the portfolio reviews were amazing and I was able to really connect with a lot of editors and other photographers that were very, very inspiring and supportive. And I got to meet a lot of people in the industry who I hadn't met before, but had been like in contact with. And so I think it's really amazing when you can actually get these minds together and like actually meet the people. And then you're like, oh, wow, like this is like, there's so many different conversations to be had and so many like symbiotic relationships uh, to be like fostered. I mean, it was, it was very, very exciting. And then last year um, I went back with Profoto with Cliff Hausner. I don't know if you know him. Oh yeah, I know his work. Yeah. So Cliff asked me to go up and help with the Profoto team. And so that was a whole different kind of experience because I didn't have the pressure of like being a student and trying to like impress people or like make work it was more like oh i can actually like help students out and that was really exciting um to like be in the field with students and like talk to them be like why are you doing this like you should do this or like think about it this way and like try to you know nurture people in the field which i had never done before but really enjoyed yeah i you know i read about it for years i never went to it but yeah it seemed like such a fun environment Cause like, what do they do? It basically goes on, I think for like three or four days. Right. And then there's like different teams. Like there's like each team has like a color or, or something like that. And you basically, does each team get like a different assignment basically? Is that how it kind of works? Yeah. They're different teams. I think each team gets a theme and then each individual photographer gets their own assignment. Yeah. And the whole, it's a very big range of, of potential assignments. So yeah, so you go and you work on your assignment and then you talk about it and then there's, yeah, lots of discussions. and. No, that's awesome. Yeah, it seems amazing. And, you know, one thing I was just kind of curious about, like being a photographer, 
do you feel like it kind of took you a while to find your voice as a photographer just kind of your style aesthetic and approach and is it like something that's kind of continually evolving and is it this something you, you spent a lot of time thinking about I guess yeah I mean it's definitely evolving for sure I mean I think that's the hardest thing is like finding your voice mm -hmm. it's something that I continue to struggle with constantly and I don't know when the end will be you know yeah. I don't know if it'll ever stop but I mean you you do learn things and then it changes and you just try not to be static or sink into like a certain way of being and then everything kind of shifts around and you try to grow and gain inspiration in different ways but yeah, definitely. Yeah, because like the cool thing about your work, like you said, like you do a lot of portraiture, but then you do photojournalism. It seems like you really enjoy like shooting in the studio. Um, do you feel like you have a preference to one or the other, like studio work versus location work, I guess? It's really funny you ask that because it's like, it's funny to me because I feel like last summer it was so hot and I was like shooting all the stuff in studio and everybody was booking me for studio. And I was like, I need to get out of the studio. <laughs> oh my God, like, what is this? Yeah. Just give me a shoot on location, like, please. Yeah. And then now with COVID, it's like, you can't, like, I haven't been shooting that much in the studio. I've been shooting a lot outside and that's been amazing. But then you're also like, you know, dependent on like the weather gods to like, Oh. you know seriously i had i had this last week i had an assignment and it was like or two weeks ago and it was like yeah same thing for covid you gotta shoot outdoors which i get safety but it was like 30 miles an hour wind that day right. and i was like trying to set up lights i had like 10 sandbags but it was still like, <laughs> on a blow it was like a fucking nightmare <laughs> yeah so it's a mixed bag because sometimes you get it and you're like wow the light is amazing and like it's all lining up for you and then sometimes you're just like okay well now it's like you know, pure high noon sun and like this location isn't great. So it's just a whole bunch of different challenges, but I love both, honestly. I, I love to just like mix it up and- And like, both. and like, how do you generally prepare for assignments? Are you like someone that does a lot of research on people? Like, do you kind of go in knowing exactly like how you want them to pose? And like, how do you kind of generally prepare? Like once you get that assignment, what's kind of the process you kind of go through, I guess? Um, I go, I do a whole bunch of different things. I think it really depends on the assignment and what it entails and what's needed. I do a lot, like most of my work is editorial. It's for like the times or a whole bunch of different publications, but it, it really depends on, is this like just me going? Like, do I have an assistant? What kind of gear do I need? Is it going to be outside, inside? Um, I'm always ready to go. Like I just got an assignment, an assignment actually this week for Time Magazine and they were like, can you do something this afternoon? And I was like, yep, I'm, I'm ready. And so I just like walked out the door. Yeah. And so I like to always be ready to just walk out the door and like I know exactly what I have, you know, in my arsenal and what I'm going to use. But I research is kind of a mixed bag because I think it's a fine line where like I don't want to over-research someone and be like, I know, like, your favorite ice cream flavor, <laughs> like, something weird like that. But then it can actually help because, you know, I just photographed the, um, the new CEO of Citibank, who's she's really wonderful. And she's from Scotland, actually. Yeah. And, you know, I, at first I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to walk into it and just no research and just go do it. 
but then I was like you know what no I'm gonna like do like half an hour of like poking around and then I was like oh she's from Scotland so immediately I was able to connect with her on set because yeah. we had that in common so I think it's I think it's good to be to be prepared and know enough about your subject that you can connect with them and you know feel informed yeah because I'm sure like sometimes like obviously like those ceo type people and different whoever you're shooting they're they're pressed for time and a lot of people don't like having their picture taken so they want to get in get out quick but i, I mean i've had this happen too where if you do the research and you act people are actually they respect it and they'll actually end up giving you more time because they're like wow this guy's really prepared or this woman's really prepared and it kind of that that's why it can kind of work sometimes right yeah i mean i think it's i think people you know really like when you're prepared. I mean, I had that on the flip side recently where I went and I photographed Martha Stewart for the New York Times mm -hmm. and she was prepared. Mm -hmm. She was like, she had a, her team had printed out all my pictures and they wow. were like, and she was like, I looked at every picture on your website and you like putting hands in your frames. And I was like, well, you're not wrong. <laughs> but like, I appreciated that, you know, I was like, wow, she took the time to like see who I was. And like, I had also done my research on her. I think you know, I think it's good to respect people and to, you know, see what they're into. And I think that the best kind of pictures you can get are when you can actually collaborate with the person and have some kind of mutual mutuality, yeah. connectivity, like all of that stuff is great. That's incredible that Martha Stewart and her whole team was like, for someone who's been photographed a million times by a million photographers, they're still like, that just goes to show like why her brand's so successful. They're like, really? detailed. that's incredible. That's, that's really cool to hear. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, one thing, I, you know, when you walk away from a shoot, do you walk away every time like completely satisfied or even at this point in your career, do you ever kind of second, second guess uh, uh, choices you made on shoots or what's kind of your general like feeling walking away from shoots now, I guess. I mean, I think it's, I think it is currently and will always be like the shot you didn't get is yeah. something that will like haunt you for maybe eternity. <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely have that a lot. I mean, yeah, I mean, you always look back and you're like, oh, I should have used that light. I should have taken more pictures. Oh, the light was good. Why didn't I get that other shot? That's why I actually love portraiture shoots because they're finite. You know, you can't have a person for so long. When I'm doing, like, if you asked me to go cover, like, a protest, like, I wouldn't leave until, like, I would drop dead because I'll just be like, well, maybe if I stand around for another, like, 20 minutes, I'll get the shot. And I've, like, I've done that before where I'll just, like, I won't, like, drop it. And I think with portraiture, it's good because you just have to do it in this specific amount of time. And then you walk away and... It is what it is. It is what it is. And then you learn your lesson. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, it's just good to relate to other people with that because it's, like, yeah... Yeah, I always feel that way sometimes. Like, damn, I should have asked them this or done this. But it's like, you know, yeah, you're right. It is portrait is a finite thing. So it's like, you're you're only gonna get what you get you can get. But it's good to hear. Um, and you know, looking at your website, you ended up. Uh, I don't know when you photographed her. Oh, we getting we getting pictures. <laughs> uh, you photographed uh, Vice President Elect uh, Kamala Harris uh, for the cover of L. I believe it was L. Was L. France. Uh, Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, how's that kind of experience photographing her and like, what was kind of your approach for that portrait? So that portrait was actually not taken for Elle France. Mm -hmm. um, I took it 
in oh boy the years again <laughs> like two years ago it's okay. uh, for for the new york times actually so i did a project with the new york times um with another photographer as well where we photographed every woman of the 116th congress yeah so yeah during the course of that shoot i was able to photograph kamala which was like totally amazing and those photos have like now taken on like a whole new life and they've been published in like so many other places and have gotten so much love and it's really exciting to see that because at the time i mean i was so excited to photograph her two years ago yeah you know? and she's such an incredible figure and you know character um yeah, it was incredible because I think the New York Times ended up printing a whole book, um, which I, yeah. I look, it's still available for purchase. I can put a link to it. It's the, yeah, the 116th Congress. Um, so you for that project, you photographed every congresswoman basically for that that election year, pretty much. Yeah, so it was me and another photographer, and we yeah. covered between the two of us. We covered um, every woman except for one. Okay. <laughs> and like. For for a project like that, I'm always interested. I've talked to a couple of photographers who like photograph political stuff. Um, is the political space something you like documenting? And like, how do you approach shoots? Because obviously, you're not going to agree with some people you're photographing their political views. Um, like, how do you kind of approach those shoots? Because I know some photographers, they I, I know guys I've worked for, they'll turn down shoots because they don't agree with people on certain politics. But like, how do you kind of approach the political space in terms of photographing because you photographed a lot of different p politicians at this point um i i love covering politics i think it's super interesting and something i always want to do i will photograph anybody really honestly um i think it matters who the client is yeah. in a lot of these cases if i was going to photograph somebody who i did not agree with politically or ethically yeah I would want to make sure that it was for a, um, a publication or client that has a very, that I agree with. So for example, like I would photograph virtually anybody for the New York times or like time magazine or a client like that, where yeah. um, integrity is like the foundation of the publication. Um, there are tons of other publications too, where, you know, it's, I totally agree with the publications as well, but you, but it's more of like a lifestyle or like feel where you're like, okay, do I want to necessarily idolize somebody who I don't think is doing good things? So I've definitely had a lot of circumstances where I've had to make like decisions. Yeah. yeah. And you can always make it work. No, in a definitely. Way that is ethical. No, that yeah, makes sense. I'm always, yeah, it's just an interesting point. It's just, yeah, because you're right. Like, like it or not, like the people that are representing us are, you might not agree with them, but it is part of history. So you have to tell the story. Ooh. So like, yeah, places like the New York Times and Time Magazine, it makes sense. It's like, doesn't mean you need to go out there and shoot their book cover. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, exactly. two different yeah. things. Uh, and, you know, I guess more on the business side, I know you, you, you work with a, an agent. I was just kind of curious, like, um, when did you kind of start working with your rep and like what made you want to partner with them and like what do they kind of bring to the table for you I guess uh, so I yeah I'm represented by Attribute um, so it's Howard Bernstein's agency and my agents are Susan well Howard Susan and Emily and 
Um, yeah, I've known them for a while. Um, I've known them for, yeah, many years. And then Howard started a new agency in uh, like one year ago or a year and a half ago. And he brought me on and I was really over the moon about it. And I think it's just, it's just a funny time like in the world to, to even talk about things like this because, yeah. you know, what I thought my trajectory would be at the beginning of 2020 is completely different yeah than how it's ended up and so the whole business i think right now is like kind of figuring itself out and a lot of things are probably on hold for right now but i feel really good about the agency and they're really doing a lot of work to promote the photographers and they're helping me a lot with like any kind of like contracts and stuff that I can't do by myself. And yeah, Howard just called me up this morning. We had a good chat. <laughs> nah, it's good to have like someone on your team because like they, they're coming from like a different uh, experience and yes. th their career. So they can kind of like, yeah, because that's like one of the hardest things about photographers. Like you can take all these great pictures, but then like trying to figure out where they should live, especially in the commercial realm and things like that. So you feel like kind of having the rep, it's just kind of uh, you have someone to kind of feed off of and they kind of help you with the kind of direction of your, I guess, commercial work, I guess. Yeah, totally. And I mean, Howard is such a good editor and he really sees, I mean, he's such a, he's a business person obviously, but he has a really good eye for photography. And, you know, he'll sit down with me in my work and he'll just be like, this is good. Like, this is not good. Or like, I'll be like, what should I do with my website? And he's like, well, it's all looks the same. So you need to like mix it up. And even just like those simple little things are just like so foreign to me. And then he's like, you know, that would look good with this or like that could be used or like reappropriated for something else. And you're like, oh, wow, okay. Like I never would have thought of this. So it's good to have like as many sets of eyes on my work as I can get. And I'm always so grateful that Howard or Susan or Emily will, you know, they always will take the time to like talk through my new work or like encourage me to make more work. Yeah. No, that's really smart. Yeah, because I I did one of these like online portfolio reviews like a month ago where mm -hmm. you get to meet with like editors and stuff. And it was just like, I don't know, but I think early on, like, I was just so stubborn with my work. I'm like, I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm going to do my own shit. Screw you all. Um, but you're right. It is even like the littlest things. Like I did like these reviews. I met with like dozens of people and just like little things about like setting up your website. And like someone said, oh, like your thumbnails should be bigger. And it was just kind of, it was just great to get that perspective from other people. I think your audio is gone. Oh, whoops. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Sorry. Yeah. No, it was just good to kind of get the perspective from people. It's important to, you know, get another opinion, I guess. Totally. And I, th I think you see things so like one way and then you really just, you just like go into this tunnel vision yep. and then they will just say something. And even if it's so simple, like, yep. I mean, like how are you saying like, you know, you, all of your pictures are like the same I was like, oh my God. But, you know, it was, he's right. He's not wrong. And he's like, you know, why don't you get some motion or like get some like fun expressions? And I was like, well, I am like a serious photographer. But then you realize, <laughs> it's so bad. But you realize, like, okay, like that's actually true. Like, I want to, like, you know, it doesn't all have to be heavy all the time. And it's good to have a balanced portfolio that, you know, 
has some work that's more exciting and energetic. Yeah, you want you want that deep bag of tricks to go to, you know, like every client's different. So you got to have that, yeah. that that deep bag. Um, and oh, and talking to our mutual friend, Joe Pug, uh, he told <laughs> me to, he told me to ask you about uh, a, pro- a personal project you've been working on. I believe in Coney Island, he said you've been working on a personal project photographing someone down there. I know what's that kind of project all about. And like how, on top of that, how do your personal projects usually come about? Oh, that's cool. First of all, I would just like to say thank you to Joe Pug. He's like, of all the people ever, he's such an amazing mentor and friend. That's yep. all I'll say for now. But <laughs> yeah, big, big shout out to Joe Pug. Um, yeah, I've, I've been, I haven't been working on this project that he's talking about for a while, just because um, for a number of different reasons. But I met this Russian woman on the beach um, in Coney Island, and I photographed her on and off for a few years. And yeah, it was incredible. It was a very like bizarre collaboration and it wasn't really, there wasn't really much to say besides it was just, I wanted to take the photos. And so you would, so you would just kind of meet up with her pretty much like at the beach and just kind of shoot portraits or you kind of going to her home or what was kind of the... Both, I photographed her with her family. I photographed, I photographed her giving birth, um, wow. I photographed, which was wild. Um, definitely a crazy experience. Um, I photographed her, you know, she was a very creative, bizarre, idiosyncratic person. And we would just kind of go to the beach or d- different areas. We'd drive around in Coney Island and I'd photographing her, photograph her doing random things. It was, it was very, she's kind of like a performance artist, but mm-hmm. she's, you know, without the terminology attached. Um, we would just make interesting, weird pictures. Honestly, that's what it was. So, and I really enjoyed it. No, that's awesome, man. Is it, do you think it's something you'd like to publish or like do a show with, or is there kind of any goal with the project at this point? Or I need to revisit it. Um, the picture, there's are some pictures of it on my website and definitely on my Instagram. Um, I can send them to you if you're interested. Yeah, definitely. But, um, eventually I would like to make a book out of it. I need to reconnect with her actually. And I need to, I think personal work has been the thing that's been, I've been struggling with the most this year and actually for the past two years. <laughs> yeah. Just because I've been working so much and it- Yeah, that's a good, that's a good problem to have. <laughs> It is, a, it's a great problem to have. It's just, it's funny because I was having this conversation actually two days ago with Greg Heisler. Do you know yep. him? Oh, definitely. Legend. Yeah. yeah. So Greg is amazing. I'm going to be talking to his class tomorrow, but we were just talking about how like, you know, all my assignments, I consider them personal work. Like I love my assignments. Mm-hmm. And if I'm shooting for the times or the Washington post or whatever publication I'm working for, like, I'm so happy and in the zone and feel really connected to the work, but that's still not my like personal work, quote unquote. Yeah. And then you have to, then you step back and you're like, wow, I've just been working for publications and not making like my own body of work. And that definitely is like in the forefront of my mind right now. No, definitely. I kind of been in the same boat. Like, it's just such a weird year because like like you all my work's like portrait based so with the pandemic it's weird like I'm doing my assignments and stuff but I'm not like going out of my way to like 
go photograph people in their homes and right I'm, I'm, i don't really i mean hats off to the people that are doing like the virtual shoot thing that's badass i just don't really have an interest in it it's just uh yeah it's weird it's a weird year so i've been talking to my friends i'm like maybe i gotta pivot and be like a landscape photographer this <laughs> year or something or like figure it out <laughs> it, yeah this it get it does get frustrating because it's like i don't know about you but like when you're not working on a project and you're not like pushing yourself i feel like it's like it's almost like that feeling if you're not going to the gym like you're just being lazy yeah. and you're, you don't have that like totally. satisfaction of like all right man I'm, I'm doing something it's like you know that feeling at the end of the day like when you worked hard and you accomplished something it's just like when you're not doing anything it's just like i always get like bummed out sometimes no i mean i'm like Honestly, I'm like, I'm right there with you, like 100%. I think after this, I'm going to go and take my camera and like just walk out the door and like do something. Yeah. Because I, yeah, it's definitely been a lot to reckon with. Yeah, definitely. And looking at your work, I think I could be wrong. I was looking on your Instagram. It seems like you still shoot a good amount of film. Um, are you shooting film like for most of your editorial work or when do you kind of use it, I guess? It really depends on the assignment. I love to use it. Um, if I have a, if I'm shooting something where I know I'm going to make a picture that I am going to be really excited about, I always will shoot film and digital. Um, I, I wish I could only shoot film, but it's just not the way the world works. Yep. Um, most of, I would say like 80 to 90% of my personal work is shot on film. Um, and for assignments, it's just a mixed bag of like, I mean, a lot of the work I've been doing recently has been like, even the, the shoot I did for time this week, I would have loved to shoot on film, but I had to turn it around. Turn like on, yeah. Day. yeah. So then you're kind of stuck. Yeah. It's and really, digital is amazing, obviously. But. Yeah. It's really interesting to see, like in the last few years, like, like I was talking to a few editors and they're like, we actually prefer film. Like they're, they're it's, it's like this weird, like turnaround in the last few years. It seemed like yeah. you know, a lot of magazines that they, they kind of, they want it, which is really, it's really great. And I hope we can kind of keep those, uh, keep all those film stocks alive you know because <laughs> <laughs> every year it's like another one's gone <laughs> what was amazing because what I, earlier this year and this was like I mean I thought like at the beginning of 2020 I mean I'm, I'm not sure if you had a similar situation but I was so thrilled because I got my first National Geographic assignment and I did a big shoot for ESPN yeah and there was like a whole bunch of different things going on at the beginning of 2020 before covid mm -hmm. and i was like i want to roll and national geographic was like shoot film and i was like what yes amazing <laughs> like, how is this even possible yeah no that's awesome that's the dream and you know for people listening like maybe you could kind of explain like like you said it was like your first assignment for nat geo like how does that kind of relationship start like were you kind of actively like marketing your work to them for a while and like how does that kind of relationship begin because i think a lot of people starting out they're like how do i get through the golden gates of like these giant publications it's just very confusing you know yeah so it's it's funny i never actually even pitched my work to national geographic before because i just thought it was so aspirational mm -hmm. and something that i was like you know maybe in like five, 10 years, like I'll try to get a meeting with them. But um, I have a very dear friend and mentor named Renee who works for the New York Times. And she also is involved with women photograph. Oh yeah. Uh, to some degree. And she mentioned me to a friend of hers who works at um, National Geographic named Mallory, who's my editor at National Geographic. And basically recommended me and then 
I didn't realize what with National Geographic at some it's a much different um, hiring process than other publications because most publications will just call me and be like, Hey, can you do this? And you're like, yes, no. But this, it was like, I interviewed with a whole bunch of photo editors and had to like explain to them my process and what I wanted to do. And like, it was much more involved, which I was really excited about because yeah. it's a whole new way of working and a way that I love to work. And Mallory is incredible, but I think I was just really lucky that, um, that I was recommended. No, that's great. It's always just good to hear the kind of stories and how people kind of get into these publications. And yeah, that's what I've heard about National Geographic. It's much more of a, a collaboration and there's a lot more discussions about the work. Whereas like, as you know, a lot of the jobs you get, like half the time, I don't even talk to the people who are hiring me on the phone. It's all just like a couple emails, bing, bang, boom. Here's the location. Here's we need uh, right. the photos turned in there. So it must be kind of refreshing to actually kind of get to collaborate with people and get to kind of discuss the work more, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was really amazing. I mean, Mallory is so smart and and dedicated and involved. And it, it's really nice when you feel like it's it's truly a collaboration and especially with subject matter i mean this project was about um the centennial of women's suffrage yep which is so important especially this year so it was just like you know i bought all these books and did a lot of reading and i was like wow this is like i want to do more of this yeah no that's a, no that is amazing and i know um, you also spent, I think, a couple of years working with UN women, um, photographing for, I believe it was like He for She Initiative. Um, what was that kind of all about and how did you kind of come involved with them? Um, I was, again, I was recommended to them. Um, that was very exciting, uh, especially because it was a few years ago, so it was much earlier in my career, but um, I, I did a lot of portraiture for them and helping them launch the he for she initiative um a lot of covering it was more like reportage like i would cover like they had a lot of like celebrities that were involved with um the he for she initiative like edgar ramirez who's incredible and emma watson and like Anne hathaway so i did a lot of images involving them and like their work with un women and but it's something I, like I would love to re-engage with working for the UN or like another um, NGO. Yep. And what was the goal with the initiative? He for she, what was the initiative all about? It was about gender parity. So getting like equal pay in the workplace, like they were trying to engage like a lot of big CEOs and people that have the power to, you know, create equal pay in government and in like the corporate sector. Um, so they were just trying to engage them, you know, and bring highlight people like, for example, like like Icelandic politicians who like, you know, in Iceland, they have like incredible gender parity and then try to get them to teach, you know, other countries how to improve what they're doing so it's just like a lot of discussions a lot of dialogue about how you know both in politics and in the workspace we can like improve gender parity no i think it's amazing because it shows you like uh the power of photography and it's like this tool we have like obviously it's it's really fun to photograph like 
celebrities and movie stars and these musicians but like getting to work on project like that must be like very fulfilling and like it's just goes to show you this the power of photography and what you can do with it you know yeah totally i mean it, it's you know i'm what i love about portraiture is that it connects you with so many different people and faces and issues that it's like you know celebrity stuff is amazing real people is amazing like all of it is interesting and informs the next thing and makes you into kind of like a more rounded citizen and trying to do like you know not just make art but also do work that's impactful yeah definitely and uh one cover i had to ask you about it was a great cover you photographed the legendary uh billy jean king for the cover oh, okay. of glamour magazine this uh, a legendary uh uh sports icon um what was kind of your experience photographing her and like uh what was kind of your overall approach to that shoot i guess um billy jean king is amazing um she's i mean she's such an icon um that shoot was for glamour magazine mm -hmm. their concept for it was to have her be like the godfather like the kind of like badass like og you know, woman for equal pay. Um, that was actually a challenging shoot because it was during COVID. Oh, wow. And yeah, it was that was done very, pretty recently. And so I had a very limited crew. I think the space that we were shooting at the New York Historical Society. Mm -hmm. And so I was only allowed to have one assistant and the photo editor, but no creative director or art director. And it was a much more like conceptualized shoot so it was actually quite challenging that one because I couldn't have that much gear because it was just myself and the assistant carrying it yeah. and the space was limiting too. So we just kind of had to like really, and the room we were shooting in had no natural light either. So it was just <laughs> one of those ones where you're like, all right, well, Billie Jean is amazing. We'll make the picture great anyways. Yeah. But it was, it was definitely technically a challenging shoot. No, definitely. That's, 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 that's the fun thing. The, the fun thing or the scary thing about editorial photography is like, you never know what you're going to walk <laughs> into. So it's just like, yeah, you just got to make shit happen on the fly a lot of times. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I know, uh, you just recently, you were, I don't know how it works. What do they call it? Like awarded? You're like the P, one of the PDN third or not. It's not PDN anymore. It used to be PDN. Now it's yeah. like, what do they call it now? It's the 30, I think they just call it the 30, 30 now. Joggers. Yeah, yeah. How is that? Yeah. yeah, it's like the thirty. It's like up and coming. Like people are just yeah. killing the game. Like how how did how to feel to kind of get to be a part of that group of amazing photographers? Oh my god, so exciting! I mean, I was. I think I was nominated. I think Joe actually, Joe Pug, nominated me last year. I'm not yep. sure if he nominated me this year, but last year I didn't get it. And then I was kind of like, okay, like I mean, I wasn't really expecting it either but I was just like well that's nice that they thought of me whatever and then I got nominated again this year and I was like oh we'll be the same like you know I'm still like very grateful that I was nominated but then when I got it I was like really thrilled and then even more thrilled when I saw the rest of the list because I didn't know who was on it and I knew I'd gotten it like a few months ago and they were like you can't tell anybody so I was like very <laughs> quiet about it and then when they published the list, I was actually like on assignment somewhere. And then I saw it and I was like, wow, like, oh, like I know a few of them and I'm familiar with a lot of their work. And it's just like a very humbling list to be part of. Yeah. So I'm very excited. I mean, I hope it brings, I hope it brings good work to myself and to all of them. And Yeah. 
Yeah, it's probably this, this kind of it's probably even this kind of is kind of solidifies this all your hard work and this keep even probably this like motivates you more. It's just like getting to see all those other people and this kind of yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I I was very very thrilled to to see that. <laughs> no, it's great. And I guess to wrap up, like you've been doing this for a while, like what kind of goals do you have for your work moving forward? I guess anything you're kind of hoping to work on, kind of going forward. Um. I mean, I'm still just feel like there's so much I have to do. I mean, I, there's so much I want to learn still. There's so many pictures I haven't taken yet that I want to take. So I feel like it's just going to be like a long process of building my work up, getting in tune with my voice and what I want to be doing. And I feel like there's so many different things that I want to do. And that's why it gets challenging sometimes. So I'm like, I want to do the journalism. <laughs> I want to do the portraiture and like, Oh, but fashion is kind of cool. And like beautiful. So I feel like I kind of want it all. And I'm going to go with that. <laughs> hey, that's good. You're excited. Hey, you're excited about your work. That's the best, the best thing, you know, the, the, the options are endless, but that's great. But uh, Celeste, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. It was a real pleasure oh, talking you. to you. And for people listening, if they want to check out more of your work, where's the best place for them to go? Um, my website is just my name, CelesteLemon.com. And my Instagram is just at CelesteLemon. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. It's no, so nice to meet you. No, thank you. I'll, I'll cut it there. So there you have it. That was the Celeste Sloman interview. I uh, just want to thank Celeste so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to her about everything she's kind of worked on over the course of her career. Um, just a really amazing photographer who's constantly shooting and uh, really kind of pushing her artwork forward. Um, so I can't thank her enough for taking the time. Uh, definitely go check out Celeste's website at CelesteSloman.com as well as her Instagram at CelesteSloman. Um, I'll put all the links in the descriptions, um, but definitely go give her a follow. Lots of cool work up there. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. Um, you can get the video there on YouTube. Um, so definitely go follow us on all the different platforms. And uh, yeah, thanks so much and have a nice Thanksgiving.